So excited you guys are here. Today, we are continuing our series that, uh, that usually we do this in February, and it's a series on relationships or marriage relationships, and it's, we've called this year's How to Fight. And uh, for any of you that are not married, you still want to lean in because this is not only going to help you with your upcoming relationships and help prepare you, but also the things that we learn in this series are going to be able to be applied in all other areas in our life. And because we're talking about how to manage conflict in a marriage relationship or in a healthy relationship. And we discovered you can't avoid conflict. It's everywhere. You're not going to be able to avoid it. But getting back to marriage and and uh, marriage relationships, romantic relationships, there's always going to be conflict and tension, but it doesn't have to destroy your relationship. It can actually make you closer and stronger. For instance, take a look at this. There's all this pressure, you know? And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me, and I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head, and it's relentless. And I don't know if it's going to stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever going to stop. Yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head. It is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there. Stop would... trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing. You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. See, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail See, out. you're not even listening now. Okay, fine. I will listen. Fine. It's just... Sometimes it's like... There's this achy... I don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. That sounds really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Oh, come on. Ow. If you would just don't try to see things So, special thanks to Jason Healy for that video. Stereotypically, uh, men, we are always looking to fix things, right? Now, our attention is good. It's just that sometimes we'd make things worse. And uh, it's sometimes it things seem obvious to us. And it's not just men. It happens in both directions as well. But what I want to do during this series is really try to give us some handles as to how we can take situations that actually could result in some pretty debilitating conflict but instead turn it into something healthy, something that actually draws us closer. But as we discovered last week, the problem that we have many times is that when it comes to conflict, we don't have a strategy for it, right? We're just trying to avoid it or we're just trying to win the conflict at all costs. We don't have good strategies to make sure that iron sharpens iron and we're not hurting each other. So today, I wanna talk about how to fight clean. All right, how to eliminate dirty fighting from your relationships. My prayer is that God would show up and convict and heal us from things in our heart that are toxic to each other. And this stuff can even manifest itself in very small ways. Small things can cause big issues in our relationships as well. For instance, in marriage, uh, what if they will take out the trash but they refuse to replace the garbage bag? 
or arguing for the charger. Anybody whose phone has less battery. Uh, eating the wrong leftovers. That's something that, that's an offense that I've had. Uh, or how soon to get in a turn lane that's coming up. Two miles ahead, I should be in the turn lane. Like, do you think I get lost without you in the car constantly? Like, I know how to drive. This is another big one in our house. How about the temperature of the house? Like, we're arguing over one or two degrees, right? And these are just the tip of the ice, but I think we all would agree that this might be a fight that we've all had uh, at some point in the course of our lives. How about this? <laughs> Who's team over? Who's team over? Who's team under? Raise your hand. Those of you that are online, put it in the comments, argue online. How many of you just don't care as long as you get some? That's me. <laughs> the truth is we all struggle to fight clean, right? Um, you know, like we make movies here. And, uh, and in movies, it's like conflict or, or sitcoms, conflict is funny, right? You know, it's the fight at the barbecue or there's an argument, you know, over directions in the car. Somebody pulls a hilarious prank at the office and then, but it's not so funny to that person. See, in TV and movies, we find conflict hilarious. And, and as filmmakers, one of the things that we understand is the truth is unless there's conflict in every scene, it's boring. It's true. Every conflict in, in entertainment must have some type of conflict or it's boring. In storytelling, there always has to be tension and there always has to be conflict. No matter how large or small, you always have to have conflict or an obstacle. Now, usually the obstacle is other people. Right? Entertainment, TV, movies, we find it entertaining, even funny. But in real life, it's not that funny. Right? I mean, it could be a political argument on Facebook that goes sideways real fast. It's not funny. A parent's divorce that leaves the family in shambles. Or the silent treatment between you and your spouse that suddenly feels like shouting. Conflict, resolving conflict is one of the most tentious things in our life. Now, a brief disclaimer here. What I'm talking about is everyday conflict, right? I'm not talking about violence. If you're in a situation where you are in danger, you're fearful for your life, you're fearful for your safety or your children's safety, you need to call the authorities, get professional people into the situation. What I'm talking about is everyday conflict that we all experience. How do we get better at that? How do we understand how to fight clean? And I think it's important to ask then, in the beginning, how, does, how did your family that you grew up in deal with conflict when, te when tensions got, got uh, high? As we talked about last week, your family probably had one of these profiles. Your, your family was either conflict assertive, where everybody is just talking all at once. And if there's conflict, you guys are just gonna go head to head. You know, you're not real concerned about feelings. You're just gonna pile in. You're gonna be efficient with how you deal with conflict, right? And it doesn't matter if anybody gets hurt. Uh, and then there's the conflict avoidant family where we don't actually deal with conflict. We just run to our separate corners and then pretend like it doesn't exist. We stuff it down inside. Neither one of these are healthy. But here's the question is, how did your family deal with conflict? Because conflict is inevitable, but how we actually deal with it is very, very important. How we respond to conflict is critical in your relationships. And you may not be aware of this, but you actually do have op um, options as far as 
how to deal with conflict. And you have several of them. Number one is you could do, use false peace. And now this is usually not a conscious decision. We're just trying to make people happy, right? The prophet Jeremiah says this about that. It says, they have healed the brokenness of my people superficially, saying, peace, peace, but there is no peace. And this word healed there in the original language, it's kind of like a bandage on a wound, like a, a big open wound. It's just a little Band-Aid. It's kind of like when you say, they just, well, they just Band-Aided. That's what this particular version of the word healed means there. So it's easy to say, hey, peace, peace, peace. But there's, we all know there's really no peace. True peace doesn't come from pretending. Jesus says it this way, blessed are the peacemakers because they will be called the children of God, not the peacekeepers. He didn't say peacekeepers. Peacekeepers usually have their heart in the right place, but they don't want to create tension. They don't want it. They want everybody to be happy. Everybody be calm. Just have a good time. But Jesus actually did not avoid conflict. His model for us was not to shrink back. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, the ones that build bridges, do the hard work, have the critical conversations, even when everything in you wants to run. Or maybe you're the person that everything in you wants to fight. But what we're talking about is entering into the messy waters. And Jesus did that. He dealt with things head on. He dealt with the conflict in the crowds, the conflict with religious people, even his closest friends. In fact, there's this one place where Peter, which was one of Jesus's closest, he couldn't deal with the plan that Jesus had to die and raise again. And in Matthew 16, it says, Peter takes him aside and begins to rebuke him, to correct him. Side note, just as a rule of thumb, correcting or rebuking Jesus is usually not a good idea. He says, never, Lord. He said, what you just said, that's never going to happen to you. And Jesus said to him, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You just want peace. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. See, a lot of us have this idea of Jesus. He's just got this perfect white robe and Vidal Sassoon hair. And, you know, and he you know, and he's like, looks like he's going to throw a curveball. And no. He dealt with conflict in truth, but also in love. Pete uh, Scazzaro says this, true peacemakers love God and others and themselves enough to disrupt false peace. You can't have true peace of Christ's kingdom with lies and pretense. You can't hide from it. They must be exposed with the light and replaced with the truth. And this is the mature and loving thing to do. See, true peace is not pretending that everything's fine when it's not. It's when we have the willingness to go to the heart of the matter. Now, another conflict choice that you have is not only false peace, but all us, a lot of us fight, we struggle with fighting dirty. John Gottam, he's an expert in marriage. He says 95% or 94% of the time, the way a discussion starts is the way it will end. 94%. The way that you do begin the discussion, enter into conflict or the fight determines how it's going to end. You ever fight dirty? Personally, ever fight dirty? I want to actually show you some dirty fighting techniques. All right. Some of you are oh too eager. You're like, oh yeah, I got it. No. <laughs> you guys need to calm down. Number one, denying. I never deny. Who didn't deny? 
Sarcasm. Oh yeah, that's a great approach to, to conflict resor- resolution. That's, that's awesome. What about the silent treatment? Anybody ever take that approach to conflict? Or what about straight up walking away? It's kind of a variation of the silent treatment. But instead of you just, your, your verbal absence, it includes your physical absence. You're like, I'm out. It's dirty fighting. How about shouting or yelling? I said, how about yelling? You ever use this? Do you honestly think that we can resolve conflict just by raising the volume of our voice, that that's helping? Hmm. How about using always or never? You always do this. You never do this. This is a very common fighting technique. I have mastered it. It never works. You can always count on this does not work. Okay? Also, um, and this next one, nobody would ever admit to using. In fact, you guys probably aren't even mature enough. You don't care enough about your relationships enough to even understand this next one. And it's okay if you don't. That's fine. I'm just saying. No, I'm just joking. I'm talking about being passive-aggressive. Jeez, you guys are in a bad mood. Relax. (laughs) No, but seriously, be really honest with yourself. Do we struggle with any of these? Like, which one is your go-to, right? Think about it for a second. Which one is, we all have our go-tos. This list for me, can I just be transparent? I'm gonna be transparent, I'm gonna tell you. Mine is usually using always or never and being passive-aggressive. Those are my two that I battle. But what's your go-to? What is your go-to dirty fighting technique? The first thing we have to do is recognize what is our default dirty fighting technique? Paul does say, speak the truth in love. So we do have to speak the truth, but it can't be using any of those techniques. It has to be in love. And so here's what I want us to do today. I believe that we have to stop, we have to identify and stop the dirty fighting techniques. You can't avoid fights, but you can learn to fight clean. And so here's what I want us to walk away with today. It's super important that we get this. If you don't get anything else, here's what I want you to see is that you're going to fight. That's a given. But when you fight, and this is absolutely critical, when you're fighting, a clean fight is when you are fighting for the sake of the relationship. Not just to win, not because you're frustrating, not fighting just because you disagree. You're fighting for the sake of the relationship. It changes everything. Conflict can actually enhance your relationship if you realize this. It can make you closer and stronger. It's what the Apostle Paul had in mind when he wrote to the church in Rome, where he said, don't repay anyone evil for evil. That's dirty fighting. Okay? Be careful to do what's right in the eyes of everyone. That's just a good rule of thumb in general. And then he says, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. So as we pointed out, he said, if it's possible, because he recognizes it's not going to be possible. There are times where, you know, the rela- a friendship just needs, it's going to have to be ended. Sometimes it's not going to be possible. But if you're in a marriage relationship, it's got to be possible. If the two of you will lean in together and fight for the relationship, it is possible. 
Now, there are situations with infidelity or abuse where it's not going to be possible. I understand that. But most of our marriage relationship problems and conflicts, it is possible. But you got to know, what does it look like to fight clean? What does that actually look like? Micah, this is, this is a great idea, but I, I don't think we can do this. I don't even know how to do this. This is not going to work in my world, in my marriage, in my relationships. But if your goal is to actually bring unity to the relationship, then you're going to have to lean in and do some work on that relationship. There are going to have to be some tactics that we have in order to fight clean. Now, all these other tactics, the bad tactics that we've identified as poor, bad fighting techniques, can I be honest with you? Those all come naturally to us. You don't have to be intentional about those things. You don't have to intentionally avoid, intentionally be passive aggressive. That's just our defense mechanisms in certain situations. But in order to bring health to the conflict in our relationships, in order to fight clean, we have to make sure that we are intentional, okay? We're going to have to put some tools into our toolbox when it comes to conflict. And so I'm going to give you a couple of those tools today, and I want to encourage you, write them down. And the reason I want you to write them down is because you're not going to just listen to me tell you and go, oh, yeah, no problem. I'll just do that next time. No, these are going to be things that you're going to have to work into your relationship. You're going to have to be intentional about it. You could take a picture of the screen, write it down, whatever it is. And there are a few of them. We're going to go through them. Number one is pray. Now, this might seem like an obvious place to start, but it, when was the last time you had a fight and you stopped at the beginning of that conflict and just said, hey, before we get into it, can we just pray? And it's not about, you know, God, I pray that I win this fight because she's an idiot. It's not that. No. You're praying, God, even if I'm right, would you pray? I mean, would you allow my thoughts to come in line with your thoughts? I may be, even if my conclusion's right, help me to fight correctly. Right? Number two, this is important. Assume the best. It's so easy to point out that it's always us versus them. It's easy to demonize the person or the people that we disagree with. And we do it to our partners all the time. We even do it to our people in relationships outside of our marriage all the time. Well, they don't believe like us. They are not part of us. We start associating other people or groups with certain negativities, and then we cycle it over and over and over. This is just saying, I'm not going through, down that path. I'm not going through that. I don't know why they said that, but I am going to assume that they didn't know. This is a huge barrier between cultures as well. This is a very multicultural church, which I love, but we have to be careful that we don't assume that another culture understands your culture. What's polite in that culture, what's rude in that culture, just make sure that you assume the best. And a great way to do that is just go and ask. It's simple if, you're, if you ask. Don't accuse, just ask. Hey, when you said this, when you did that, when you walked in the room and you didn't speak to me, can you talk to me about that? Okay, that was awful quiet. That didn't go over well. <laughs> All right. Talk to each other, not about each other. Now, this one is super important. I love what Jesus says here about this in Matthew 18. He says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. Between you and him alone, if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. It's difficult, but it's biblical. 
And look, even married couples, we have friends outside of our marriage relationship, right? Just make, sh- make sure that you're not talking to your friends about your problem with your spouse when you're not actually having clear conversations with your spouse. We see that all the time where married couples, one person will not communicate their expectations to their spouse, but instead they'll complain to their friends. That's gossip. Make sure that you're talking to your spouse first. Don't talk about them. Talk to them. All right. The next tool is that everybody speaks. Everybody gets to speak. The speaker and the listener are, we're intentional about creating a space where we can listen. It's it's important that we actually create space where both of us get a chance to speak up and to share without interrupting. You know who you are. It's not that there's no conflict, remember, but argue like you're right, but listen like you're wrong. Argue like you're right. You'd think you're right or you wouldn't be arguing, but listen like you're wrong. Listen to what James says. Everybody should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. The thing is, is like, we're not talking about peacekeeping. You know, sometimes you're going to be right and you need to speak up. So yes, argue like you're right, but listen like you're wrong. Uh, Take a posture that assumes, wait a minute, I might be missing something here. Is there something about their, their context or what happened that I may not understand yet? Argue like you're right, but listen like you're wrong. Something else that's very important to do is commit to clarity and closure. Commit to clarity and closure. A lot of these type of conflicts that we have, they require more than one conversation. We'll have an initial conversation, but then follow up. We might need to come back around and, and just go, hey, well, wait a minute, let's, let's, let's hit pause and let's come back to this because it's, it's reached a level that's unhealthy of, an, of, an, of tenseness. Sometimes we can resolve the conflict, but the person is not okay. And to go back around and get clarity and get closure to make sure that they're okay. All right? Here's the thing that you're looking for. Conflict plus love equals growth in your marriage, in your relationships. That's how we grow. Not false peace, not fighting, dirty fighting tactics, sarcasm, walking away. You know, whatever you're prone to, that's not how your relationship grows. That's not how we love people. That's not how we make God known in our world. We make him known in the world by us having mature relationships, by having difficult conversations in love, just by asking God to, to give us love or, or to, to let us access that love. You see, people, your spouse is not your issue. You might think that they do, but the Bible says that there's a battle going on that's underneath everything else. Paul tells them in Ephesus, in Ephesians 6, he says, Their struggle is not against your husband or your spouse, your wife. It's not flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. If we are going to love each other, and we're going to love them well, we've got to make sure and we've got to have tough conversations. But remember, there is a right way to do it. And a lot of us do it the wrong way. I've done it the wrong way. I think we've all done it the wrong way. So many times we fight in ways where we hurt each other. 
where in, just within a, a relationship where one or both of us, we use this win-at-all-cost strategy at the expense of the people that we love. And it takes a terrible toll on our relationships. If you don't have a strategy and we fight in the wrong way, we can actually create cracks, resentment that can be harder and harder to get over over time. Dirty fighting so often, it's this subconscious behavior that we've learned, right? But then if it continues throughout our adult relationships, it'll hurt ourselves, other people. We're not even aware that we're doing it sometimes, that we're fighting wrong, that we're hurting in a way that would actually harm the people that we love. It's like when you're having problems and difficulty in your relationships, um, it, it hurts when we don't connect it back to ourselves and how we're acting in conflict. Dirty fighting techniques cause our partners to feel guilty, confused, overwhelmed. It can even, it can even cause them to be too worn out to even want to try. It feels, sometimes it feels like a win to win your argument or to escape. It feels like a win, you know, but what we've really got is we've sent a message that they're not valuable, that they're not, that they're not important enough to actually have a voice in the relationship or to actually have closure for us to stop running and, and to have closure. And that can actually be deadly for our relationships. As strange as it sounds, conflict can actually be good. You can argue productively. You can, you can fight where it's not destructive, where you actually maintain respect for each other even when you do fight. Arguments can actually create an amazing bond if we fight correctly, cleanly. It can turn both of you into powerful, supportive, loving team. It can turn you into a strong team. So, which one of these do we need? We need them all. But which one of these would actually be a game changer? It'd be overwhelming to pick all five. Just pick one. And this week, which one kind of stands out to you and go, that right there would be a game changer in my marriage, in my relationship, in my family, or with my friends, coworkers, whatever it is? Because a clean fight is when you're fighting for the sake of the relationship. It requires having a plan when conflicts come because they are gonna come. It involves things like listening, managing your own emotions well so that you can actually communicate better. So what are your dirty fighting techniques? Denying, sarcasm, silent treatment, walking away, shouting, using always or never, being passive aggressive. What dirty tools come natural to you? Or what dirty tools have you actually picked up maybe from your past? Maybe they're tools your parents used, people that grew, when you were growing up that modeled these for you. What dirty techniques are making your relationship worse? They're not actually helping. And here's the question. Can I, can we bring ourselves to lay down our dirty fighting techniques and pick up clean, biblical fighting techniques? Things like praying, assuming the best, talking to each other, not gossiping about each other, giving the other person the opportunity to speak without interrupting. And yes, yeah, sure, you fight like you're right, but listen like you're wrong. And then we allow ourselves to commit to that clarity and that closure, no matter how long it takes. So when we look at this list, just pick one. You may not, 
you may do all of these things or you may not do any of these things. You may need all these things, but just pick one and work and commit on it this week. And don't let that anger and that frustration make your relationship worse. Commit to fight productively, fighting well. Learn how to fight clean where iron sharpens iron with respect and peace and love. I believe that we can do it. I I think we all have the potential to get better at this thing that we call relationships. You have the ability to transform your relationship into something even better than what it is now. But we have to take the responsibility that's ours. Yeah, but she does this. Yeah, but he doesn't. Uh uh-uh. What about me? Take a step of faith. Commit to making clean fighting techniques part of your relationship. Make them a habit, a routine. It'll take time. It's not overnight. It'll take effort, dedication, but the reward is worth it. You can create healthy conflict and resolution and, and conflict resolution in your relationships to actually make your relationship stronger. What if all of us did this? Did you know the divorce rate in the church, statistics say, is the same as the world? It should not be that way. We've got the love of God shed abroad in our heart. No guilt for your past. But the Bible says, by this, everybody will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. When we demonstrate what real love is to the world, they can see sacrificial, unconditional love. It's it's a powerful tool to draw people into the kingdom. And look, it's not the absence of conflict. It's not that they never see you fight. It's that they see your maturity when you fight that actually allows your community, my community, to see what real love is all about. We're not running from conflict, but we're not bullying each other either. We're letting iron sharpen iron because we fight in love. Now, I want you to come back next week because we're gonna dive deeper into the topic of setting expectations in our relationship, which is the cause of most of our fights. But until then, remember that a clean fight is when you're fighting for the relationship and not just fighting about the relationship. Amen? Would you guys stand with me?